Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Buckeye Weekly Podcast. I am Tony Gerdeman, here as always with Tom Moore. Tom, how's it going? Well, this is the first time we're doing the Buckeye Weekly Podcast on Zoom. I can actually see your smiling face. Well, I am great. Yeah. I am great. I know you are great. You've got a, you got a backdrop. A backdrop. You've got your shirt on. Uh, and like five minutes before we were set to record, you're like, hey, let's do this on Zoom. And of course... I have none of that prepared. Uh, so I thank you, Tom, for setting me up for failure, as, uh, as you often do. No offense. Just to be clear for the listeners who are only listening, Tony is wearing a shirt. He's just not wearing a Buckeye Scoop shirt. This is not, uh, he's not going the like, bleacher bum route of uh, mm-hmm. shirtless with a uh, Miller High Life in his hands. No, we're, he, he's decent, just not official. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. So today we would, uh, we're going to continue our position previews and we figured let's just go ahead and, and knock out the secondary today because there's plenty to talk about. And I feel like we have talked about it plenty, but this is the official preview. Um, so we'll do corners and safeties today. But Tom, first off, how confident are you that you know who the four starting defensive backs will be this season? when they open up against Bowling Green with the caveat that if everyone is healthy and not hurt, not sick, and they feel that they can run the one high look that they like to run, I am extremely, extremely confident. Now there there's, there's some ifs doing some heavy lifting there, but if those things all happen, I am extremely, extremely confident. Okay. So spill it then. Who, who are the four? Well, I think it's going to be Sean Wade. It's going to be Cameron Brown. I think they'll have seven banks out there. And Josh Proctor is the one high deep safety. I think that's got to be the clubhouse favorite right now. We'll get into the, can they play the one high look? We'll get into that a little bit later. But I think that's as good a guess as any, as far as who's going to be the the four guys that run out on the field for the start of the Bowling Green game. 
I think it's a lot like the offensive line or the linebackers. The offensive line, you go with the best five and you figure them out. Linebackers, you go with the best three and figure them out. These are clearly the four best. But so who, who's in the slot for you, Tom, Mr. Confident, Mr. 100%? Definitely. 100%. Either Cameron Brown or Seven Banks. Definitely. I, I, I think it's very com- – I'm very comfortable saying that Josh Proctor will be the deep safety. I am very mm-hmm. comfortable saying that they will – keep their word to Sean Wade and have him play outside this year. And then as for the other two, golly, I sure wish we'd seen more than one spring practice. See, this is my fault for asking this question in this way. Yes, those were likely the four starters, but you have uh, taken the coward's way out by not saying exactly where those four would be. Knowing, of course, we have no idea. It would be a complete guess. And we prefer to be right on this show, which we usually are. And so we don't, we don't throw out wild guesses. We throw out wild accuracies, correct? Well, we know that Ryan Day listens to the show. And I don't want to you know, influence his opinion too much before they go into camp. I want to let, let everyone have their fair, you know, their fair shake at the, at the job. And then I think we both know what's going to happen. But I just, I don't want to feel like I influence that process too much. Right. You don't want to be the guy saying, I think Seven Banks should be in the slot. And then if he's in the slot and he gets beat up by like Rondell Moore in the Big Ten Championship game and afterwards, Day is like, I I never should have listened to that idiot or. (laughs) Meanwhile, you would be like, but Cameron Brown was pretty good all season long. Why are you picking the 13th game of the season to attack me? And how did Purdue get here? (laughs) Purdue. Watch out for Purdue, Tom. They play in the Big, Tw- Big Ten West, which means anybody can win it. Except for Illinois. Except. Thank you. So let's start with the corners, of which there are, we've got Sean Wade, we've got Cameron Brown, Seven Banks, Tyreek Johnson, Marcus Williamson, and the two freshmen, Ryan Watts and legend Cavazos. Let's talk about our expectations for each. I think Sean Wade probably, he'll be an All-American. He's already in, in plenty of preseason lists. We're finally going to get to see him out wide now, and this is something oh, he's only been waiting for four years, or this is his fourth year of waiting for that. Dealt with injuries as a true freshman, and then was dealing with Greg Schiano as a <laughs> as a redshirt freshman, as were we all, yes. <laughs> and then really blossomed under Jeff Halfley in the slot, and it's one of those areas, kind of like when we're talking about Pete Werner moving from. Sam to Will, like you already know he's really good at Sam. Are you, are you, is it smart to move him? I don't think it's smart to move Sean Wade, but also you have to, because that's kind of how you got him to come back. That that was, I don't want to say it's part of the deal. It's part of the understanding. Come back. We'll put you out wide. We'll see what you can do there. We know, obviously they feel pretty good about him as they should, but when he wasn't in the slot last year, Tom, this wasn't the same defense. No. And that's not necessarily, that's not a function of Sean Wade wasn't good outside. That was plan B in the slot was not as good as Sean Wade, which that's not a real fair standard to hold people to because Sean Wade is pretty darn good. But he is someone that if he wants to play outside this year, and the, you know, I think the whole point of him coming back was show that he can play outside and improve his draft stock for next year. If that's part of the conversation that helped get him back for another year, Yep, do that, because whether Sean Wade is inside or Sean Wade is outside, Sean Wade makes this a far better defense this year. So, yeah, so whatever you had to do to get him back, great. 
that helps improve his draft stock, which then helps improve your recruiting pitch down the line. That's pretty darn win-win to me. Cameron Brown and Seven Banks are almost like mirror images in that they've both, uh, they both played plenty last year as backups. They, were both, they both had to step up at certain times when either there was an injury or an ejection where they, would, they were part of that rotation. They're both like 6'1", 200 pounds. They're both big and, and, and strong and long corners that Kerry Combs likes. I don't know that there's much separation between the two because we haven't seen it. And for me, like, I don't know how to pick one over the other because we don't know. Although Cameron Brown did tweet this past week that he is the fastest defensive back in college football. I didn't see Seven Banks countering that. So, you know, I guess you have to go with Cameron Brown because he stated it and nobody else other than Brian Hartline kind of called him out. So Seven Banks is either slow or humble. One of those two. And I don't like either of those things in my corners. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Damon Arnett, Damon Arnett was neither of those things last year, and he had a very good season. So, right. yeah, I, I have these, you know, you have a question about what, what are the expectations for each of these guys. I have these guys just in tears. Sean Wade, my expectation is superstar, All-American, minimally first-team All-Big Ten, minimally, but, you know, somewhere on that All-American team. For Brown and Banks, one of those guys is going to be a star. At, you know, like a Sean Wade 2019 level player. And one of those guys will be solid. And solid means they're comfortable with them in that regular rotation. You, that's not someone who's just getting picked on whenever they're out there. I don't know which one is which. And it's entirely possible they're both stars. It's possible they're both just solid. But just the general trajectory of cornerbacks at Ohio State, your third year, you get guys who are like, oh, and, and now he's a first-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick. And, you know, you, you go from you, – you could be Damon Arnett in 2018 and being right. like, real solid. That's, that's a solid season. And then the year after that, you're Damon Arnett in 2019, and then you go get a nice high NFL draft pick, and you have a great season. And that's just – like, that's just the trajectory that so many of these guys end up on that it's – not entirely a fair expectation to put on them, but we've just seen it so many times that it's like, well, that's just how it is here. You come in with the recruiting pedigree that you do. You get coached by the players that, you know, the, the coaches that you do. You're going up against talented wide receiver that core that you are during practice. And if you're good enough to beat out all the other guys in that room, that means you're good enough to probably be a first or second round pick. And we're not putting any expectations on them that, they haven't put on themselves that Kerry Combs isn't putting on them or Ryan day. Yeah. I'm like you. I, I could see, you know, Ryan, Ryan, Sean Wade having the Jeff Okuda type year, then Cam Brown or seven banks having the Sean Wade from last year. And then I was going to use the Damon Arnett 2018 example as well, where really, really good, but there there's room to grow and, and we'll see. I, you know, there's, there's a scenario where all three are gone after this year, just because that's Ohio state and that's the Ohio state corner way. But I have full expectation, like one of them, first or second team, the other guy, third team, honorable mention type of thing. And they don't always get a lot of attention, Ohio State corners in the Big Ten, because you go back, like you you can see a lot of these first rounders, not many of them were first team, all Big Ten in in that year. And so that's just the history of the position. I'm not going to say the voters were wrong. Tom, you know, I'm not going to blame the media for anything. They're usually 
they're pretty accurate. But with those two guys, it, it, it's odd that you you just assume that they're both going to be really good, and one's going to be really really good, and the other just because he doesn't maybe get as many snaps is just going to be playing all really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like like I said, it's not necessarily a fair thing, but they call themselves BIA, so it is not unrealistic to expect that this defensive backfield could be the best in America. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Uh, don't sing it, uh, bring it. And then you got, I, it's, a, it's an old phrase, Tyreek Johnson, Marcus Williamson, the two guys who, Tyreek Johnson now a Richard sophomore, five-star safety in, in his time in, in high school, now a third-year corner still looking to make his mark. Marcus Williamson has been injured for most of his career, now a, a senior Maybe maybe that slot guy in in that role or a backup in that role. I, I try to figure out where these two fit in. And because we didn't have that spring, I know it's a crutch we're going to keep going back to, but it's real. We, we talked uh, a couple months ago about how there were good things being said about Tyreek Johnson from Kerry Combs, which is new because it's might have been the first time we've ever heard anything good about Tyreek Johnson since he got here. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying that. Coaches didn't really talk about him, and Kerry Combs is finally talking about him. He's, he's an outside guy. Can he be anything other than depth? Can he keep from being bypassed from one of the freshmen? So for me, it's hard to ex- expect, have many expectations or, or have a, a lot of expectation for him because we haven't seen it. And the thing about Ohio State corners is, if you don't do it within your first two years, you start to look around. Like Gary and Connolly was playing as a redshirt freshman, wasn't great yet, had to be benched against Michigan State when he came in for Eli Apple, but he was still out there. This is year three for Tyreek Johnson, and he hasn't been in the mix yet. And you start to wonder at that point, is it even possible? And if if he's not in there in the first six games and it's, Legend Cavazos or Ryan Watts, then at that point, you might want to move him to safety or his time is done. Yeah. Tyreek Johnson was, when I wrote this spring, you know, the guys who had the biggest springs coming up in terms of like make or break springs, there was a picture of Tyreek Johnson at the top of that article because he is someone who came in with all the hype. And this is, like you said, this is when you have to do it. You've been here a couple of years now. You, no one expects a true freshman to play. Last year, they had a lot of depth. It was like, okay, it's totally understandable that you're not in that in the top three now. Okay, now it's your third year. There are other guys who it's their third year. They are in that rotation. It, it's time for you to get in there. Johnson and Williamson, to me, are in that, you know, the third tier of defensive backs, the third tier of corners. You know, you've got Wade at the top. you got Brown and Banks second. Johnson and Williamson are third, where it's like, if they get one solid player out of that group, if they get one 2018 Marcus uh, uh, Damon Arnett level player, I think they're happy with that. I think that that lets them have a little bit of depth. You just, you need one of those guys to, if one of your top three corners gets hurt or gets sick, can't play for a week or two, you need someone else to be able to step in there. Because what we saw last year was you would, you would see kind of a drop off when you got past Okuda, Arnett, Wade. And yes, of course you're going to see a drop off because there's a three guys who are going to get picked in the top 
you know, 50 picks of the NFL draft at some point. So it's, it's not reasonable to think you're going to have six guys playing at that level at the same time, but they need to have someone else who is at least at that solid level. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect one of those guys to do it, whether it's Johnson finally getting an opportunity and, and, you know, maybe reconnecting with Kerry Combs, who is the person who recruited him. Maybe that helps, you know, helps the light come on and stay on Williamson. If Williamson can stay healthy, sure. But great. That would, that would be a big step for him as well. But that that's kind of, that's the level at where, at which there's a, I think you start getting into some question marks here where I would say I'm pretty confident they're going to have a superstar, a star, and at least a solid player out of those top three. After that top three, that's where it's kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like, maybe. Yeah, I, I think they need to find a, a seven banks and a Cam Brown from last year on this year's team where those guys were the backups. They could come in when needed and do okay, not be bad, whether it's Williamson or Johnson or either of the freshmen. We don't know. But if they can get just Cam Brown and seven banks from last year, I think that would be a great help because they're not deep when we consider what they've been in the past. If And then that begs the question, can they do their three-man rotation? And I don't think they can. If one of those guys is in the slot, that makes things even more difficult so now you're talking, say, Sean Wade and Cameron Brown out wide. Who are their backups? Is it, is it Tyreek Johnson and Ryan Watts or Legend Cavazos? So you're going to have a freshman in there. If we're thinking maybe is Marcus Williamson in the slot as a backup or who is that going to be? These two freshmen, uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. Fortunately for them, they're both out here in the winter and in the spring. They both have the size to hold up. They're already big corners so that they're not somebody who's going to just be beat up on I, I i think they have to be a part of this defense this year at least one of them to step up and be a guy who plays i don't know a couple hundred snaps something like that where they are not far off from what seven banks and cameron brown did last year and also did as true freshmen when they both kind of played half a season dealing with injuries where they're out there they're involved in special teams but also they're going to be playing in the fourth quarter and and really no reason for, I'd say both of those freshmen not to be out there in the fourth quarter because they are the future. I I don't know that you can count on Tyreek Johnson and Marcus Williamson to be the starters next year, maybe one of them. Uh, But, you know, with this, I'm already assuming I lose one of Cameron Brown or seven banks to the (laughs) NFL. That's just how I operate. And that's what's in my mind. So I think you got to get, get one of the freshmen ready to be one of the starters next year or at least in that three-man rotation. And, you know, I assume Cameron Brown or Seven Banks will be good enough. That's why wouldn't they be. But you got to get the freshmen ready right away because they're not deep, and there's also 2021 coming. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot more pressure on those guys as true freshmen than there probably would be in a normal year just because of the uncertainty at the four and five spots there with, with Johnson, Johnson and Williamson. I I get the sense that the coaching staff feels like they have just the raw materials there with Watts and Cavazos that they can, Cavazos is such a freakish athlete that that can overcome some of the technique concerns and the awareness concerns you're going to have with having a true freshman out there, especially a true freshman that had four spring practices and that's it. So it's, it is a tough and pretty unfair position in a lot of ways to ask, true freshmen who 
functionally didn't have a spring to go out and play and, and be contributors. I mean, go back to Jeff Okuda's freshman year. Jeff Okuda came in as a five-star corner, played in the, or was there for the spring, and by the end of the year, he started that Cotton Bowl against USC. That's like the 95th percentile outcome for a true freshman. And these guys are both very talented. They're both good athletes. Ryan Watts has incredible size. He's like 6'3", and he's, he's a tall dude. He can jump. Like they, These guys are, are guys who are going to be players at some point in the future. But that's just a tough spot to put a true freshman in because they, they didn't get a spring. They are potentially going to be asked to do a little more than Okuda was at the start, at the start of the season, potentially, depending on how Johnson and Williamson shake out. That's, that's a tough position to put them in. So if you see Ryan Watts out there, if you see Legend Cavazos out there, and they give up a touchdown to a receiver from Buffalo or Bowling Green or Rutgers, pro tip, do not immediately write them off as bums and Mac-level players, and it will, it will get better. That, that is a, an unfair spot to kind of put these guys in, but it, it's a spot that they may be put in this year. But if just one of those guys is a contributor by the end of the year, you know, someone who can go, be in there as a, like, you, he goes in there and they're not immediately throwing at him on every play. Like, if you have one of those guys who's at that level at the end of the year, like, that's a win. And, and they'll keep progressing next year and beyond. But just keep, keep some reasonable expectations because those are both guys who are talented, have a lot of promise, but it just it takes some time at corner. That's just how it is. I still think Taylor Decker should have never played again after that Buffalo game against Khalil Mack. You don't deserve it after that. You know, you give up. You look bad against a guy from the Mac, forget it. You should be just quit football right there. Yeah, and whatever happened to him? Nothing. Bum. He's, exactly. He plays. He play, He got drafted by the Detroit Lions. That's barely an NFL team. Yeah. He moved from Columbus to Detroit. Nice job. Real success story there. <laughs> this defense, and you mentioned it's going to be a little bit more difficult. They're not just going to be doing press man like they would under Kerry Combs the first time. You know, they're, they're going to be – these freshmen are going to be learning that. They're going to be – bailing they're going to be playing some zone some off man so, uh, it, it's a lot to learn and this defense as a whole is, is going to be a little complicated not necessarily as complicated as a greg shiano defense but they're going to be asked to do quite a bit lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's move then to the safeties because this defense is a one-high safety look, a one-high safety defense. That's what Ryan Day wants. Kerry Combs says that's what it's going to be. That's what it was under Jeff Halfley. That one high safety we both expect to be Josh Proctor in his junior year has drawn comparisons to Malik Hooker. We remember the Damon Arnett conversation a couple years ago, where last year, last summer, when uh, Josh Proctor was leading the team with like eight interceptions in fall camp. And we asked him, you know, who does he remind you of? And he's like, you already know who he reminds me of. (laughs) Reminds me of the hook. We didn't necessarily – we saw that early on. Like the first two games, the first game he had an interception. Second game he dropped an interception. You're like, oh, yep, this is Malik Hooker. 
just like we were told. But he didn't become Malik Hooker. And the thing is, Malik Hooker wasn't Malik Hooker in year two at Ohio State either. It wasn't until year three. Now, in year two, as a redshirt freshman, Malik Hooker was making plays in practice, and we heard about it. But we also heard the same thing about Josh Proctor in year two. But this is year three now. Now, now you must become Malik Hooker, especially in this defense. This one high, you got one free safety back there covering the entire field, basically. And that's important. The I don't want to say the more important, equally important time, and we talk about it all the time, got the tackle. And Jordan, Jordan Fuller may not have been making interception returns left and right and covering the entire, you know, 53-odd yards of the field like Willie Cooker, but he tackled everybody, and that's why the defense worked. Yeah, there's, there's a lot on Josh Proctor. He is, I think we've said this before, if you tell me that Josh Proctor is like first-team All-Big Ten that might tell me more about the caliber of the 2020 Ohio State defense than any other player. If he is playing at a very high level, and he doesn't have to be Malik Hooker, if he is, if he's Jordan Fuller, this is going to probably be a very, very good Ohio State defense. You have heard the Malik Hooker comparisons enough, and that's one of those you don't comp, like you don't comp Orlando Pace, you don't comp. Sean Springs is a corner. You don't comp Antoine Winfield as a corner. You don't comp Malik Hooker as a safety because he's one of the, I mean, we did the, the uh, goat shows a couple weeks ago and like he's, he's in that conversation. So don't, don't say, yeah, he reminds me of the guy who is literally the greatest ever at his position at Ohio state history. That's, that's a lot to put on someone, but when the players are doing it, that's like, that's kind of telling that's, that suggests that yes, they are they are seeing what, you know, what the coaches have been saying, what what the recruiting analysts were saying. It's it's in there, and it's just a matter of is this the year he unlocks it? And I think we have he ha- he had a tough game against Clemson. I think that that's that's pretty was pretty clear to anyone who who watched it that was also kind of an unfair situation for him to be in because that field was a slippery mess. That was, you know, people saw him falling down. I was like, Oh, this guy's terrible. It's well, actually the field's really bad. Like I I, being down on the field, you could slide your foot on the grass because it was just, there's so much condensation in there because of course it's ludicrous to have an indoor grass field because you get all sorts of condensation when they have to water it because it's the desert. And then it turns into just a, a sheet of ice. So don't, don't completely write him off based on that. I, I think he is someone who there, there is a pretty wide range of outcomes for him. If he's just like, eh, and they're not, you know, and this looks more like the 2018 defense where in terms of giving up big plays, that, that could really, you know, that could cost them a game. If he's a superstar, this is a national championship team. And if he's in the middle, like, he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to be Malik Hooker for them to win a national championship but he has to be pretty good. If he's pretty good, then this team has a chance to do some real special stuff. Yeah. Football starts up front, but it's the back end on this team that is going to really determine what they do. Cause I think we, we both agree that the offensive line, defensive line are going to be fine. It's going to be that back line that the free safety and even that slot corner, those two guys are the most important things on this team in terms of, like you said, if Josh Proctor is an All-American, Ohio State's in the playoffs. If he's Isaiah Pryor, there's going to be a lot of shootouts. Both are fine. Both will work. 
I don't know that both will win it all for you, but this I State offense will be pretty good. So maybe I, I'm not going to object object to like 62, 49 type games here and there. You know that that'll be fun too. I I don't know that Kerry Combs would much care for it. I know Ryan Day won't. The 8,000 people in the stands will probably love it though. At this point, any score other than zero zero is going to be like, oh, good, they're playing football. That's this, great. This is great. Yeah, and, and also don't do sixty-two to forty-nine against you know Maryland. You can you could have those you could have those games against Clemson or Alabama. If you're giving up fifty points to Maryland, that's don't, don't do that. That's that's not good. But what if okay? In your example, what if this Maryland offense is running misdirection plays? Mm, well, there's there's nothing you can do. You the defense can only go in one direction. So. <laughs> If they go a different direction, that I mean, that seems like it should be a penalty. But I have throw the read. flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw the flag. Come on, that's cheating. Get yeah, get the rules committee in here. So, so we know Josh Proctor. Where does Marcus Hooker fit in? Uh, is, is he the the second safety when they go too high? Is he the the other guy? He played more and more as the season went on. Last year, he was out there against Clemson. We saw him in the spring making some plays, looking like a. I was say looking like a hooker, looking like a, a football <laughs> Ohio State defensive back named Hooker, making plays. I think he was in the slot maybe one time, but you know he's a really good athlete. He's not the biggest guy, like five five eleven, you know, one ninety five or something. Not you know, no no concerns there. But this is also what his third year, so this is it's time for him as well. Even though he did get to see the field last year, I think for me he's going to be valuable depth and could emerge as a starter here and there, given the opponent, given, uh, who knows, COVID and in, an injury, I think he's going to be a very valuable member of the secondary, maybe a forgotten guy and an underrated guy by the time the season is, you know, here in November. Yeah, he's someone who we saw enough in that first practice that I thought, yeah, okay, there's there's definitely something here. Because he, he really, he didn't play at all as a freshman and played some last year, but it was, you don't want to put too much emphasis on how someone looks when it's 7,000 to zero against Maryland or Rutgers or Northwestern or Michigan or any of the lower level big 10 teams. Exactly. You, you have to have realistic expectations for him. He is not, despite the last name, he is not going to be Malik Hooker this year. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility that Josh Proctor will be. Marcus Hooker's not going to be that this year. But if he, he doesn't have to be, if he's just, again, if he's okay, if he is 80% of Jordan Fuller last year, that's great. That's a huge win because they have other guys at safety who there's, there's, they, they are very high in court William. They, they have been very high on Ronnie Hickman who didn't get to play at all last year because of injury. We saw Bryson Shaw playing in the slot a little bit this spring. Lathan Ransom, we haven't seen any of, he came in very highly ra- uh, rated but we haven't seen him at all because he just came in the summer. But they have enough guys there that it's like something's going to work here just based on the numbers, based on the talent in that room. Like something's going to work there. But yeah, I would have Marcus Hooker at the top of that list right now just based on we've seen a little more from him and he's got more experience than anyone else in that room outside of Proctor. Going back to Josh Proctor real quickly, the fact that Brendan White decided to leave last year is that more about, yeah, my bullet position doesn't exist and I'm not going to be able to beat Josh Proctor out? Or 
because we just assume it was because Pete Werner is taking all of my snaps and he's going to take all of my snaps next year. But the fact that he wasn't, maybe didn't even think about moving back to free safety, like that didn't, he didn't think that was a possibility after being pretty good there at the end of 2018. Maybe that's also a positive sign for Proctor that Brendan White didn't want anything to do with it. Well, between Brendan White leaving and Isaiah Pryor leaving both mid-season, like White, you can you can kind of chalk it up to he was supposed to be the bullet and then all of a sudden he wasn't playing at all. You know, he's playing eight snaps a game or 10 snaps a game, whatever it was. So that one you can kind of write off as, as a playing time thing. Isaiah Pryor leaving, Isaiah Pryor was in that rotation in 2018 and very obviously not in that rotation in 2019. He had gotten passed on that depth chart. And it's not like he went to central Michigan or, you know, Wyoming. He went to Notre Dame and Notre Dame pretends to be a playoff caliber team. So if Notre Dame took him, like, obviously he's not a complete scrub. So yeah, I I think to me, the Isaiah Pryor thing is more telling in terms of what the, you know, internal view of Josh Proctor is more so than the Brendan White thing. But Ronnie Hickman, the Rocket, who has was injured all year last year, came in with I believe an ACL, uh, recovering from that. I think he's another forgotten guy. Really good athlete, six one, two hundred, decent size, a free safety. We'll have to, I guess, back up Josh Proctor. It'll be our first chance to see what he can do in some of those blowouts. Maybe he is the other safety when when they do that when they go to their nickel or dime or whatever you want to call it at this point. But I, I, he's one guy that I'm looking forward to. If you put a list of like 10 guys, you know, I, we know nothing about him really as a player. And so that I'm looking forward to learning more about him. Can he be the guy if, if Josh Proctor has a All-American year and decides, you know what, I'm, I'm headed off to the NFL because that's what BIA does, then is Ronnie Hickman, will he have enough snaps this year for us to be like, no, they're going to be fine next year because they've got Ronnie Hickman just stepping right in. So we'll see how he does I ask you, you know, name the four starters and name this or name that. We haven't seen him, so we don't know what he'll what he'll do. But I, I kind of, from the way they talk about him and how smart he is, and how he's always asking questions about the defense. The coaches are saying the right things when it comes to Ronnie Hickman, in terms of off the field stuff, and you just assume that that it will translate then because of his athleticism and his size and all of that. It'll translate on the field as well, right? He has the size. He has the speed. If he has the knowledge and he has the understanding of the system, it should, you know, that's it. it. You know, can he take coaching? Great. Okay. That's it. That's all there is. So you should be at least a solid player at that point. Now, is that going to happen this year? He, he was, every time we saw Ronnie Hickman last year, he was riding a bicycle on the sidelines of the, you know, during practice because he was recovering from that knee injury. So you know, he, he probably has a good sense for the system for the most part because he's been in all those meetings. And like, like you said, they talk about how he understands it and asks the right questions and is, is obviously, you know, learning. So he should, from that perspective, be, be ready to come on and potentially be, you know, someone who's at least in that rotation this year. He's, he's someone who, if he's the third safety back there and they're mostly going to be playing one safety, you don't need a ton from him this year. You need him to take a learning year, Take, you know, do do what Josh Proctor did last year, get better, get more comfortable, start getting some reps, and work your way towards being potentially, if Josh Proctor has the year, the type of year he could have and ends up leaving for the NFL after 2020, 
than Marcus Hooker and Ronnie Hickman if they've got a couple proven guys back there who have are, you know are are backups who are ready to take that next step then then they're in in pretty good shape I would say for 2021. You mentioned Bryson Sean. We saw him a little bit, as you said, in the slot. With him this year, obviously we'll see him on special teams. He's kind of an unknown as well because there were other guys in front of him, and now there won't be, and they're going to need something from him. He'll probably be in that two deep somewhere, like Ronnie Hickman and Marcus Hooker trying to hold off the two freshmen. Now, Court Williams, you know, he's already listed at 6'1", 221, so he he might be, be destined for that for that bullet almost immediately and that's what they talked to him about in recruiting now when we saw him in spring he was back at the at the deep safety but i think that's more of a you know just getting him some experience type of thing lathan ransom who knows blue chip recruit good size good athlete of those three though i think think they'll be looking for something for bryson shaw because he is the most veteran he's on he understands the system he's he's a lacrosse player and you know that equates to uh, being Sam Hubbard, I mean, it's, it's 100% at Ohio State. If you come in being a lacrosse player, you're going to turn into a pretty darn good player. And he's another forgotten guy, I think, with this defense, the entire team. So I'm interested to see where he ends up, what he does, what kind of name he makes for himself. I think overall depth is an issue in terms of proven players. It's not necessarily an issue in terms of available players. But just having a bunch of available players who aren't any good is not great. So we'll see. I don't think that's going to be the case at Ohio State. And ultimately, if they can't find, if none of these guys can be that one high safety, then we're going to be looking at a totally different defense. And the irony is, like, if if of these six guys, one of them isn't good enough to be the single high safety, two of them are going to have to play. Yeah, and and that's that changes the whole defense. If you have to have two safeties back there, then, I mean, the good news is that solves the free cornerback rotation thing. So, I mean, that's a positive if you want to look at that way, because then all of a sudden, well, you're only playing two corners. And so you've got three good ones and great. Now you've got your three cornerback rotation. Fantastic. But then that takes away a lot of the stuff they like to do last year. I mean, they called Sean Wade a Swiss army knife in the slot last year because he could do a little bit of everything. He could back up, play safety. He could blitz. He could, I mean, they could do, basically anything with him it made them much more unpredictable to be able to go with that look and it wasn't that was not a 100% of the time look for them last year by any means but if that was kind of your base and you could work off of that that made you a much more difficult defense for the opponent to read without making it a more difficult defense for your team to run they tried to do a difficult defense that was tough for the other team and also tough for them in 2018. And it didn't work out great in some cases. So I would say they should try and do the simple for you, hard for the other defense. That's my professional <laughs> opinion here on that. Um, but that Your coach. I mean, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Coach Tom, that's me. The, the tricky part is you need that, that safety who can run that one high. And my sense is, Yes, they have it in Josh Proctor, and potentially they have it in Marcus Hooker, and potentially they could have it in Ronnie Hickman maybe a year from now. I don't think it's fair to necessarily expect him to be that kind of guy yet. He might be able to be, but a year from now, sure. But, I mean, that's that's why when we talk about Josh Proctor potentially being the biggest 
hinge of the season. Like you tell me how he's going to be. I will tell you how this defense is going to be overall. That's why if he's, if he is that good and he can be that one high guy that opens up a world of different stuff that they can, they can make other teams lives much more complicated while still not running something that's going to have guys running the wrong direction constantly. Yeah. Because if, if the issue to start the season is seven banks or Cameron Brown struggling in the slot, Sean Wade will move over there. No hesitation. Like, yeah, he came here, he stayed, came back to play outside. But if he's not, if the team is struggling and they need him to move, he will do that. He's not going to sacrifice the season for his draft position. If there's no free safety, it's not like Jordan Fuller can be like, fine, I'll put the Rams on hold for one more year. And I'll come back for my fifth year. And and we'll go ahead and, and take care of this. So the, I, Josh Proctor, that is the biggest thing for this team. Like keeping Justin Fields healthy, we understand that. Anywhere else, I, I think the questions are easily answered, except for if, if if he's not the guy, who is? And if there is no guy, now you're like you said, it's a completely different defense. And we know they're not going to be one high safety all the time. They're going to be multiple, but that is the base defense. And if you can't play your base defense, now you've got some scrambling to do. And they didn't get a chance to see it in the spring if they could, which is the biggest issue right now. Like, they assume they can, and they believe they can. But what, what happens when they find out, oh, crap, we can't? Life gets a little more complicated at that point. Yeah, I mean, J- Justin Fields, I think, is at the top of that list. Josh Proctor's second. Yeah, there, There's just, a, I mean, like only a couple other spots on that team that I th- I would think, like, yeah, there's a, there's a drop-off from one to two that I'd be a little bit concerned about. But, you know, right? who's the right tackle if Tommy Togiai can't play? Like, that's like, yeah, you, you, that nose is a little bit of a concern in terms of depth this year. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think you're exactly right. Josh Proctor is second on that list behind Justin Fields. All right, anything else, Tom? Um, maybe, maybe Ronnie Hickman is the guy in the slot. Who knows? He's got good size. He's athletic. Yeah, and and I mean, if they were running Bryson Shaw out there the first, I, I did not expect to see Bryson Shaw in the slot. And again, this is the first practice of spring ball, so this is not. Don't don't write him on the depth chart and pen just yet. But they are obviously willing to to look at some different stuff, give some different stuff a try. I have a feeling they're coming coming into fall camp or summer camp or whatever you want to call it there's probably some questions there as far as who's exactly in the slide in where on that depth chart. But in all of this stuff, there are options. There are good options there. This is not an unfixable problem. Like last year when we talked about Michigan's interior defensive line, like you don't have people and you, you cannot add someone at the trade deadline. This is, this is an unfixable problem for Ohio state this year. It's a question, but it's a question that has a number of potential answers on the team. And based on the track record, I think you would assume that it will get answered one way or the other in a, in a positive way. Yep. Good call. Uh, that will do it, Tom. Congratulations on the show. Good job. Thank you. Some of my best work. <laughs> so that was the secondary. I don't know what we'll be doing on Thursday. We'll decide uh, before then uh, which positions, I promise you. So I want to thank you all for listening. Make sure to check out everything at the, at the Buckeye Scoop. There's so much there uh, in front of the paywall, behind the paywall. The message board, I would recommend you guys become members, get on the message board, hang out. We're always there. The um, the YouTube of the, the streaming 2020 
Buckeyes in the SEC West has been fun. You can see that on YouTube. Kirk Barton and Nevada Buck are doing that, and that's pretty fun. So there's a bunch of stuff going on. Check it out, BuckeyeScoop.com. Tom, you got anything else before we go? Yeah, I will just plug uh, some of the stuff that's been on that site. Mark Givler has uh, went on a, a, quite of a tour of the Midwest last week, had some really good stuff. He uh, talked to Luther Burden, who could be the next great Ohio State skill position guy out of uh, St. Louis. He goes to the same high school as Jamison Williams, probably like a top 25-ish player for 2022. And looking like Ohio State's in decent shape, I would check that out. And uh, Mark is going to be at the Elite 11 this week. So that is going to be also some pretty uh, pretty interesting content. You're going to get get a good up-close look at Kyle McCord. So that'll be that'll all be worth checking out. And I mean, I, I know we work for the site, but really the insider board is, I, I go to the insider board and I read Bill Green and Mark Givler and Alex Gleitman and all those guys writing and, you know, tell, telling stories, sharing insights on current players, sharing insights on current, you know, commits and recruits. I learn a lot there and, you know, I, I would say I've spent some time paying attention to Ohio State football the last few years and I've constantly find myself learning new things just from those guys because they they cover different aspects of this than I do so yeah I it's it's worth taking a look and if you sign up before July 4th you can be a part of the Founders Club which is a do it before July 4th or forever hold your peace thing because it is just for the people who have signed up the first month and you will get access to all sorts of special benefits I think they're talking about doing some special Founders Club only events um, golf tournaments, meetups, all sorts of stuff that will be uh, exclusive to Founders Club members. Uh, but you have to sign up before July 4th and you can do it. If, you, if you're already signed up and you're already a member, great. You don't need to do anything else. If you have not signed up, sign up for a month. Give it a shot. I am not aware of anyone who has signed up and gone, nope, cancel my membership. That I, I think there we are pretty darn close to a 100% uh, customer satisfaction rating right now. And it is just continuing to get better. We have uh, the site is improving week by week as they're adding new features. So I would, I would say if you have thought like, eh, maybe I'll try it, give it a try, sign up now, become a founders club member. And the, the season is, uh, the season is getting closer and the content is only getting better. The thing is, Tom, being the internet, if people weren't happy with it, they would let us know. Uh, yes. So, People, people, dissatisfied customers have a way of reaching you if you are on the internet, and I am not aware of any of them. I have not seen it on the message board. I've not seen it on Twitter. I've not seen it in DMs. I have not seen it anywhere. So, yeah, I are you asking for it? Uh, I, I'm not, but you know that I, I have not asked for it in the past, and it has found me. So, <laughs> I, I think I think that that's a that is a pretty good pretty good indication that this is something that the more you like Ohio State football. Yeah the more you will get out of this site. If you were someone who just likes to watch a game every now and then, and, and yeah, I'll miss, I, I miss a couple games, but I'll make sure I watch the Penn State and Michigan games. Like th- then it maybe isn't for you. But if you were the type of person who was listening to an Ohio State podcast, say eh, the last week of June during a pandemic, when there's not a whole lot going on, um, if you know anyone like that who might be listening to a podcast like that right now, that does seem like the kind of site that you would probably get a lot out of enjoy. Just if you happen to know anyone who listens to podcasts right about like, you know, podcasts like this one, say times right about now. That's a good call. If you can find somebody like that. So 
Thank you all for listening. Uh, have a great day, and we will talk to you guys later in the week.